Tuesday's deadline to protect players from the Rule 5 draft has officially come and gone, and the Tigers surprise everybody and add five players to their 40-man roster, which also means they remove five players from the 40-man. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Be sure to check us out on the tube, baby. Uh, okay. It happened. We finally got to the deadline, and... Tuesday's 6 p.m. Eastern time deadline where the Tigers had to make a decision and figure out who they wanted to add to their 40-man roster of players that were eligible for the Rule 5 draft and who they were going to then remove in consequence. Um, first off, so frust- like annoying is really the word. That like other teams were tweeting theirs out at like, oh, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4. The Tigers wait until like 6.01 to finally be like, all right, these are the moves. <laughs> I'm watching everybody else's teams. They're like, oh, this is cool. Like, these are some cool prospects we added, blah, blah, blah. We had to wait. We, we saved the best for last, I guess. That's that's the mind sh- mindset I should have. Um, but the Detroit Tigers do add five players and one of the players added no one talked about I didn't talk about uh I I don't really know of anybody that uh where where this dude was really on their radar which is props to him well we'll talk about it we'll talk about everyone that was added and we'll talk about the reasoning behind maybe everyone that was taken off the roster as well just kind of do a deep dive on I mean 10 personnel moves right five additions Five subtractions. So a big day on Tuesday for the Tigers 40-man roster. Let's just go over the move in as a whole. Okay. The Tigers officially, this is via the Tigers PR department itself. So this is as, as real as it gets. The Tigers have announced the following moves. They have selected right-handed pitchers Reese Olsen and Brendan White. Infielders Andre Lipsius and Wenseal Perez and outfielder Parker Meadows to the 40-man roster. Now, well, let's let's just go through the whole thing. In a consequential move, they have designated for assignment Miguel Diaz, Kyle Funkhauser, Michael Papirski, Brennan Davis, and Sean Gunther. Okay, so that's the move. Five additions, five subtractions. Let's start with the additions because I think that those are fun and exciting and we want to talk about them, okay? So let's start with the additions. Let's start with, uh, I really want to start with Lipsius, but I, I think we should probably just go in, we'll just go in in an order that makes sense to me in my head. So Reese Olsen is the first player we'll talk about. Um, this, w- this was a slam dunk. I think there were two must add slam dunk they were never not going to be added and those two were Reese Olsen 
and Parker Meadows. Uh, Reese Olsen has, has a really solid fastball and a great slider. A great slider. Uh, for those who don't know, Reese Olsen was actually given to the Detroit Tigers for what, half of a season of Daniel Norris. He was the prospect they got in 2021 at the deadline for Daniel Norris. He's only 23 years old still. Uh, ranked in the Tigers' top prospects and has been pretty much ever since the trade happened. A really good Alavila deal, whether you like it or not. Okay, objectively. Half a season of Daniel Norris for Reese Olsen. A massive win, right? Um, and yeah, re- like I said, really good slider. He's a righty. Uh, really solid fastball. Kind of needs to develop the third pitch a little bit more if he wants to, I think, be a solidified starter at the MLB level. Um, but certainly worth the addition to the 40-man roster. Uh, in double A this season at a 414 ERA in almost 120 innings in double A, had a whip of 1.228, a K per nine of over 12 and a half, a walk per nine of only 2.9, and a whip of 1.228. Really solid stuff. And the ERA, I guess, is a tad high, maybe, if you had to like nitpick and, and, uh, pick something to improve on the ERA. Maybe you'd like to see it at a sub four, but uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, in the first half of the season, he was doing really well and lighting the world on fire. And then uh, this is, I mean, comfortably the longest season he has ever pitched in his life uh, at any level, any anything. So in the second half of the season, slowed down a little bit. Uh, the strikeout numbers really didn't waver; they were really solid the entire season, uh, but. Definitely gave up a little bit more hard contact and a little bit, a slight problem with command as the season went on and on. But uh, I still really like Reese Olsen. I think there's a little bit of a chance for, and we've talked, I've said this a few times now. uh, There's a little bit of a chance for a reliever future, but that's certainly not a bad thing whatsoever. I've already made my piece. It comes with a negative connotation. I don't like that. Okay, we can get past that. I've said that a million times this offseason already. Uh, But I, I, Everybody knows this fan base more than anyone that had that a good bullpen is needed. And uh, a lot of good relievers are not, I don't want to use the word failed starters, but former starters. Uh, Andrew Chafin, where's that shirt that says failed starter, right? Like that's, that's like a, a pretty much all of them are, were starters at one point. So that's not a bad avenue either, but he will continue to get looks at as a starter because he deserves it. Um, uh, again, this was a, this was a really, really solid season for Reese Olson. And I welcome him to the 40 man. That's a huge accomplishment. Like people, obviously the, the addition to the major league roster is like the big one that everybody is a huge deal, but it's such a big deal to be added to the 40 man, like in the off season, right? Like this deadline is so important. It's one thing to be added to the 40 man, you know, when you have a ton of injuries and you don't really know whatever, but really even then like that you have to be on the 40 man to make the majors like that's a huge step in prospects like road to the major leagues that's a huge step in their development it's a really big deal like players like celebrate that that's a it's a big accomplishment so um congrats to all five of these dudes that that have been added to the tigers 40 man roster um and and it's it's fun man these are these are fun players i'm i'm really pumped about this so resource in the first one second up we have Parker Meadows. That's the other, again, slam dunk was always going to happen. He was probably the biggest lock of the whole thing. 
uh, Parker Meadows was. I, I think that after the season that he had and still being like, he just turned 23 years old, like days ago, I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago. Um, this was just, this was always going to happen. And he raked this season in the minor leagues uh, in double a had an 820 OPS in 2022 and in high single a had an 813 OPS. Uh, it was actually, it's really fascinating. So he, he started off in high single a he started off in West Michigan and the power really came to play, but he still had the low average and the low on base percentage. He gets promoted to Erie. The power drops a little bit just because like he played in 113 games in Erie, only played in 14 in West Michigan. So like it was always going to drop off a little bit uh, just because of bigger sample size. But the batting average in Erie, 275 in 113 games and a 354 on base percentage. That's all paired with a 466 slug, which gets you to the 820 OPS. Really, really solid season. And, and he has other stuff that's kind of beyond the box score too. Uh, he might be the fastest dude in this entire organization. And that makes him electric, right? Like fact of the matter is fast players are, are just like fun. Like it's something that everybody focuses so much on, on pure hitting or, or pure stuff. Obviously as a pitcher, you're not showing off your speed. It's really fun to just have like a fast player. And Ben Parker Meadows is certainly like I said, he might be the fastest dude in this entire organization, top to bottom. He's up there. He's up there for sure. Which also, intangibles defensively, can really help him. He's an outfielder, uh, has played all three outfield positions. So we'll see what happens with him in 2023. But, I, I mean, a trip to Toledo, certainly in order. And uh, I, spring training is going to be a fun one because he'll, he'll get a legitimate look in the spring. Um, I, I, it's way too early to have the conversation of like, Oh, is Parker Meadows going to make the team out of camp? It's way too early for that because we don't know what the, uh, off season will bring the tigers in terms of trades and free agency additions and whatnot. They might add more outfielders via the free agent market and whatnot. So we, we certainly can't have that conversation yet, but he'll get a look and he's on the 40 man so he'll he'll be there for most of the spring he'll get a legitimate look and and i if i had to place money right now i'd say he's going to be the starting center fielder for the Toledo Mudhens on opening day and that leads to you know if anything happens with an outfielder next year he's going to be one of the first calls now so i i would imagine that at some point next season parker meadows probably plays baseball in the city of detroit which is kind of fun so uh yeah great year gets rewarded for it uh, like I said, just this was his age 22 season. He is, in fact, the younger brother of Austin Meadows, which makes a super cool thing where we have both brothers on the 40 man and, and they could be teammates together. They're both outfielders. They could share an outfield together. Uh, kind of a fun, like not baseball related at all. That doesn't mean anything for success or whatnot, but a cool, you know, fun story. Uh, so, yeah, those are the two slam dunks. Those were the two, like I said, they, they were always going to happen. Those were the 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 locks. And everything else after that is where it gets really crazy, okay? This is where Tuesday turned really fun, even more fun than it already was, really quickly. And we will get into that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at, uh, who are we talking about today? Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends over at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off of their award-winning security system. 
so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today, the entire system for half off, and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by the U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. In an emergency, they have 24 7 professional, professional monitoring agents. They use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole security system with advanced sensors in every room, window, door, HD security cameras inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion and alert only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors. They detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. It's all around. It really is the best in the business. Simply Safe is. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend and have. So get 50% off of your new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash you are slash locked on MLB rather today. This is the biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two, Locked On Tigers, going over the roster moves that were made on Tuesday, breaking down the additions, the protections from the 40-man, and uh, later in the show, we'll get to the removals as well and talk about what it means for those players. Um, so, talked about the two big ones, the two uh, fairly obvious ones. Now, let's get to the two that were more of question marks, Okay. Wenzel Perez, I would say, probably had the third or fourth, depending on who you asked, either the third or fourth, him and Lipsius, who we'll get to afterwards. I think most people probably would have had Perez at three. I think I had Lipsius at three and Perez at four, but they both make it, so there you go. Wenzel Perez had a phenomenal season. You want to talk about a dude that hit the cover off the baseball he certainly did that. We were talking about how great Parker Meadows' season was with that OPS in the in the mid-800s, right? Winsiel Perez in AA, in 39 games in the AA level, had a 914 OPS, 307 batting average, 374 on base percentage, and a 540 slug. In 55 games in West Michigan, he had a 286 average, a 364 OBP, and a 529 slug for an 894 OPS. Um, that's just under 100 games across both levels and an OPS of over 900. This is a reinvention. Like, I need you all to understand how dope Wencio Perez is. This is a complete reinvention of what he was. His career... OPS was 735. It is actually currently 735. That's with the addition of a 902 OPS season across two levels. A 735 career OPS in the minors. A career, even after this season, 393 slug. A career sub 400 slugging percentage, but always had a solid batting average and a solid on-base percentage. Had pretty solid walk numbers. Didn't strike out a boatload. He was always kind of a, I, I don't want to say a slap hitter, but I, I mean, he was kind of like Harold Castro in the minors down there in the sense that like there was no power whatsoever, but had a decent batting average and, and got on base. He, he walks a little more than Harold, but that's besides the point. 
Um, and then this season just showed up, kept the batting average even higher than his career marks, raised the on-base percentage even slightly higher, but kept it at about that level, and then just shot up his slugging percentage by like 150 points. Complete reinvention, changed his swings, swing mechanics a little bit, uh, but the big thing he he attests most of it to is like the coaching staff changed his approach and just complete reinvention. It's awesome. Awesome. Winsiel Perez, the dog, super cool story, super impressive season and just uh, uh, not turning around because he wasn't like bad before. But let me tell you, if if he puts up his career numbers and has a 735 OPS this year, we're not even having a conversation about whether he like, oh, is he a borderline going to get protected, not going to get protected? No, he had, but he had an OPS over 900. So here he is. Awesome story. Uh, as far as him as an all-around player has played all around the infield except for first base, hits right. Uh, I think that he they will try to get him solidified in multiple positions in the infield, even if, if that's third and second and they just kind of ditch shortstop. That can be like A.J. Hinch and this front office. This front office and the, this this coaching staff love versatility. They love it in pitchers, and they absolutely love it in hitters. They they love dudes that can play multiple positions and play them at a decent level. So I, I think that's probably the outlook for him going forward is you're, you're talking about a dude that is, is probably going to get legitimate looks at second and third. He's not going to, like, start. None of these dudes are going to start in, you know, for the Detroit Tigers in 2023. But uh, as far as cracking a roster spot, again, I, I would imagine that he probably starts the season in Toledo. Just like uh, the, the dudes that I think pretty much all of these guys will probably start off the season in Toledo. Added to the 40-man, did really well in Erie, all of them last season. Some of them ended in Toledo. Uh, so pretty much a, a slam dunk option there. But yeah, all now options to get playing time later in the year next year if, if some injuries or trades or whatever happens. So, But Winsteel Perez obviously deserves a, a ton of credit, deserves his flowers, super excited for him, uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Next, we have Andre Lipsius, okay? Lipsius is, is maybe my favorite prospect in the entire organization. I love Andre Lipsius more than just about anything. Uh, he has an unbelievable approach at the plate. He draws walks like crazy. And that's why I love him. He has a career in the minors, a career 760 OPS, 405 slug, 356 OBP paired with a 263 average. His OBP is almost a hundred points higher as a pro than his batting average. And this season in double a in 88 games, he had a 264 batting average paired with a 393 on base percentage he almost hit a 400 obp with a 264 average that's crazy 426 slug he's not a big power guy his career slug is 405 like we said uh but that's an 818 ops in double a erie and the craziest stat is just that he literally had more walks than strikeouts crazy crazy 61 walks 56 k's in 88 games in Erie this season. Gets called up to Toledo, plays 46 games, and has an 841 OPS and an over 300 batting average in those 88 games in Toledo. 
This is a, I mean, I, I don't really need to go down the rabbit hole with Lipsius again. I've done it plenty of times in the past. I love Andre Lipsius, and I think that he is uh, – his approach is great. I, I love players that draw a lot of walks, hit for a decent average this year. I love this addition. I was really nervous that they weren't going to protect him, and I thought he would have gotten eaten up with his ability to draw walks in the Rule 5. I'm very, very, very happy that Lipsius was protected. And that leaves us with one left. That leaves us with the, I guess, the surprise of the day. I think that's probably safe to say. Uh, Yeah, I think that is probably safe to say. Like, again, somebody that... Uh, not very many people had on their radar whatsoever as an option to get protected. Uh, that is Brendan White. He's a reliever, pure reliever from, well, double A Erie is where he pitched this season. Uh, he was really solid. He was really solid this year. Makes a lot of sense. Two, six, seven ERA in double A this season. Again, pure reliever, really good slider. I think that's where a lot of people, uh, hang his hat on pitch and then kind of a wipeout pitch. Something to keep an eye on for uh, developing more pitches, right? Fastball slider is a great reliever combo. If he just sticks in the reliever role, that's fine. You can be really successful with that two pitch mix. So we'll keep an eye on him and see what his development path looks like, but getting out of the 40 man's a big deal. Uh, and yeah, like I said, two, six, seven ERA. The biggest thing was he doesn't walk batters, uh, his whip, was barely over one this year. He doesn't walk hitters. Uh, career, two and a half walk per nine. So far as a professional college was the same way, around two and a half. Low walk numbers, reliever with a low ERA. Sounds like a Scott Harris special, I think. So made a lot of sense, uh, but somebody that was definitely not on the radar. Like the, in the second half for Erie, you know, they made the playoff push and push and whatnot. And, and, and White was a important part of that bullpen. So, again, huge congratulations to those five guys. And uh, it'll be fun. It was a fun day. Fun, fun to see some players get added. And, and now the they have the ability to play baseball in Detroit. And that's super cool. Okay, let's get into the five subtractions and talk about what this means for the future of these players. Uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. Uh, So we're just going to go in order. Well, not quite. There is no order. I'm just going to go down the list, and we'll talk really quickly about these guys and and, and what their futures hold uh, in, well, baseball, if it's not with the Tigers organization. Um, Wow, the Blue Jays and the Rays are just making – well, the Rays really are just making trades left and right. Um, Okay. Miguel Diaz is where we will start. Uh, he was solid, I, I guess. He, he only pitched in three and two-thirds innings, but uh, they were solid innings at that. This was a, a, an addition. And, yeah, I mean, he was he was okay in AAA and provided innings at the major league level, which they desperately needed, which is why, I mean, you know, less than four. But injuries happen. You need to call players up. He was ready to get called up props to him and he's going to be his age 28 season next year uh has experience to pitch with the Padres before us so has some major league experience I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere it might still be with us we'll get into that at the end um but I mean 
makes sense. Like if you were to go through the 40 man and talk about the players that were more likely to get removed, I think Diaz's name probably would have been one of those. So uh, not like an end all be all thing. And, and again, we'll talk about after we get through everybody, uh, what this means for all of them as a whole, because they're all kind of in the same boat, but makes sense. Miguel Diaz, not really a surprise to get removed. Uh, Michael Papirski, you know, I just learned how to say his name a couple of weeks ago. We talked about him on the show. Uh, he was a waiver pickup of Scott Harris, one of his first 26 years old. Does not hit very well. Uh, is a catcher, but draws a lot of walks. And that's, I think, why they went to him. Now, well, I, I want to save that for the end. I keep saying that. I, I would just say the same thing after every player. So I'm just going to save my, my overall thoughts on what could happen to these guys till the end. Um, but again, made sense. That's why all of these, we talked about it as these waiver claims happened. We said, like, there's a chance that these dudes don't make it to the 40-man roster by December or by winter meetings. Like, they could already be off the 40-man, and that's what we're seeing. Uh, In the same breath as Papirski, Sean Gunther also on that list and also removed from the 40-man. He was also a waiver claim. I think he was the first Scott Harris waiver claim, I think, uh, pitcher, and... Yeah, so the thing with Gunther that is unique to him other than as opposed to everyone else on this list is that he has already cleared waivers. So he's staying with the organization most likely and will just be in Toledo and just not be on the 40-man roster. So that's something to keep an eye on, uh, assuming they they decide to bring him back, which, again, they went out of the, their way to claim him and make him a part of the organization. So now that he's already cleared waivers, uh, I would imagine he'll stick around and and, and just be a – non 40 man but then again like spring training is going to come around and all the injured players are going to go back on right like Mize is out for the year Scooble is going to be out for probably the first half at least of the season he'll go back on and you'll be able to add some of these dudes back so this isn't like the this is the opening day 40 man roster necessarily but um, certainly is a huge deadline and a really big deal to make it and, and not be on it so Papirsky, Papirsky and Gunther two more casualties uh, Brendan Davis removed another guy. We talked about him just a couple of weeks ago and highlighted the fact that he was most likely not going to make it through and was going to be one of the, the players to get the ax from the 40, um, a former decently regarded angels prospect that the tigers picked up on waivers had a decent season in Toledo, a 751 OPS came up, got his first major league hit at the end of the year. Super cool moment. Um, He'll, he'll get work. He'll get work somewhere. Uh, might be here, might be elsewhere, but he'll he'll get work. So something to keep an eye on for sure is all of these guys. Uh, and then, so, okay, I'm going to make my comment now and then we'll get to Funkhauser afterwards. So uh, the thing is, there's a chance that for ever, all of these dudes to still be in the organization. Minor league free agency, really easy to bring someone back. They clear waivers. Really easy to keep someone after they clear waivers and just go down and you just re-sign them. Or if they're under contract already, they just stay. Like It is not out of the question at all for any of these players to clear waivers and stay with the organization. Now, they can elect free agency and whatnot and go test the market, the minor league market, etc. That's all very possible. It's just like a question mark. This isn't like a a guarantee that these players aren't going to be anywhere in the Tigers organization next season, but they're all toss-ups, all of them, except for Gunther because he already cleared waivers and he's down there. He's much more likely to stick around. 
But everybody else, they at the time of this recording, they don't have uh, their decision on electing free agency. We don't have the update of them, uh, you know, if they've cleared waivers or whatnot. It's all big toss-ups. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll Obviously, we'll have all the updates daily here because that's what we do. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye out for sure. But this isn't – a removal from the 40-man is not necessarily like a guarantee that you're not going to be on the team, even though it's a lot more – it's a lot less likely. But it's not necessarily a 100% guarantee. Okay. That leads us into Kyle Funkhauser who was removed. That's easily the biggest name that was removed from the 40-man. I think the biggest surprise. Uh, we'll talk about somebody else who's still on the 40-man after this. So here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people kind of freaked out a little bit. Kyle Funkhauser removed from the 40-man. Um, cool guy. Root for him. Uh, seems like a, like a cool dude. Definitely a fan. When it comes to him getting removed from the 40, uh, that's fine. At the end of the day, I think that what this means is this spells the Tigers are legitimately worried or just the medical field, like doctors, are legitimately looking at his shoulder and his throwing arm and are like, I don't know. Not that like he's never going to pitch a baseball again. I'm not trying to be dramatic. But I think there's enough cause for concern with the throwing arm to be like, look, this dude has not pitched in a year. He did not throw a single inning in 2022. He was supposed to be back in May. Then he was supposed to be back at the All-Star break. Then he was supposed to be back in like August, September. And then it was like, we haven't heard about him in six weeks. Is there a Funkhauser update? And it's, oh, no, he's just done. Okay, well, that's great. Super frustrating, I'm sure, for him. Uh, wish him a, a speedy recovery for sure. And again, he might stick around. That's where this gets really intriguing with him is I don't even know what the status is for him being ready by like spring training of next year. We've been in the dark completely with Kyle Funkhauser's injury. I, if it's like iffy on if he'll even be ready by like March or April, then he probably does clear waivers. And probably is really easy to keep around on a minor league deal. And then we're all looking around going, okay, still in the organization. When he's healthy again and we move some of the players, there will be more injuries next year. It's a guarantee. It happens to every team every year. Plus the players that we already know have long-term injuries and are going to be out for the season. 40-man spots will reopen up in March. Could get thrown right back on there. So while this is definitely still a surprising-ish move, um, at least more so than the other four. It's not, again, it's not a death sentence and a, he's never going to play in the Tigers organization ever again. He might not. I'm not trying to make, make it sound like it's a slam dunk that he's back either. But I think of all of them, he probably has the most legitimate case for the Tigers to like go out of their way to make sure they still hold on to him more so than the other four. Uh, 342 ERA in 2021 in just under 70 innings. Really, again, reinvented himself as well. Had some walk problems as well, but who in the bullpen didn't in 2021? Uh, yeah, really, as a as a failed starter, again, and a dude that really was brutal in 2020, uh, came around in 2021 and had a pretty productive season. Second half kind of tapered off there at the very end of the season, but the first half especially was really solid. Um, 
So I, I don't think they go into 2023 with the plan being Kyle Funkhauser is going to be a legitimate part of this bullpen this year. Uh, but sticking around in the organization, at least, would not shock me whatsoever. Now, the only other thing I want to talk about really quickly, Zach Short is still on this 40-man. Crazy stuff. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't know, the difference between Kyle Funkhauser and Zach Short is not like crazy enough for me to be all up in arms about like, really? Like, we're just going to keep Zach Short and get rid of Funkhauser? I'm, I, I'm not... I don't think that the difference between those two players in production is uh, significant enough for me to to get all bent out of shape about it. But it's certainly weird that Zach Short is still here because the next deadline is Friday. And that deadline is non-tenders. So we will probably have at least one non-tender, which will open up more 40-man space. I don't know. I think once we bring in some free agents or trade some players or whatnot, I still do not expect Zach Short to make it through this offseason on the 40-man at all. But I am very surprised, to be completely blunt with you, that he made it through Tuesday. That's something that I did not expect. So uh, we'll see. He, I mean, he's a high walk guy and a decent defender. So like that, that's not exactly – that's not not a Scott Harris guy. But it, it does surprise me that he's still here. It, it really does. So we'll see. He'll, he'll make it through the rest of the week, I would imagine, because, again, non-tenders and whatnot. But I think we'll probably roll into free agency with close to, if not, 40 men on the roster. And as more additions happen throughout the winter, Zach Short will probably just be like, oh, this is, you know, one of the first guys to get cut if we sign a free agent or whatnot. I think that's probably the mindset I have. Again, still don't expect him to make it through the winter, but something that I noticed for sure and something I think to keep an eye on for a little bit because um, I, I think he's surprising some people by sticking around this long. Okay, I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Uh, for your next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the biggest games that matter to the story biggest stories in sports a lot of biggest there uh go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today it's available on the app youtube or wherever you get your podcast uh really quickly before i send you off on your day i do know that the coaching hires happened we will talk about that tomorrow i also know that there was a minor league trade that scott harris made with his former employer we will talk about that tomorrow too okay Already overtime today, just talking about the Rule 5 stuff. That was a Tuesday-specific thing. That was the biggest news in the organization in my eyes. So that's what we covered today. Tomorrow, we will cover all the coaching additions because there's a lot of really cool ones and the minor league trade that Harris made uh, with, with the San Francisco Giants. So kind of a cool thing. That'll be tomorrow's show. That's it for today's show. Appreciate each and every one of y'all for real. The, the community and support that, that we have been able to, to form around this show is uh, nothing short of amazing. And I am uh, forever indebted and grateful to y'all for it. So peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.